You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. So I'm going to speak today on this subject, going deeper, reaching wider. I wonder if we can say that phrase together. That was not bad. We're going to try it once again. Going deeper, reaching wider. Awesome. Why would we emphasize this? Because we believe the Lord is speaking to us in this season, and we're trying to get ourselves ready for what lies ahead. You see, this says on the front of this booklet, Vision 2018, if you were here last week, you'd have heard Pastor Esther talk about build the house, bring the kingdom. You know, our vision doesn't change. A few years ago, we articulated our vision here as a leadership, which is to bring the kingdom of God into every life and sphere of society, that by the grace of God, we as his people would be those that bring his light and his love, his gospel, his truth, his rule, his reign. Who knows that there is a king who is coming and his kingdom is coming in the earth. The one who said, you should pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And Jesus is building his church in the earth across all nations of the earth. In nations of the earth where the church is stifled, it is thriving under persecution underground. It cannot be stopped. Jesus is building his church. And here in Great Britain, he's building his church to bring the kingdom to a lost and a broken world. And we believe that it is our job as church to be kingdom bringers, to be light shiners. That if you're a student on your campus where you are, if you're someone in the workplace, that the people you connect with, you have influence with, that somehow you can bring the ways of Jesus, the rule, the reign, the gospel, the power, the truth. If you pray for someone who's sick and you invite Jesus into that space, his kingdom comes there and then. This is our vision. This isn't going to change. We also, we have a plan which is how on earth are we going to raise an army of kingdom bringers that with the other great churches in this city are going to cause the name of Jesus to be held in high honor. Well, we have three priorities. We call this our plan. You can see it in this booklet. And it's really simply this, Christ-centered community, spiritual growth, and effective mission. Christ-centered community, we believe God's design for us as church is to be together, that we need brothers and sisters. We need those that, that we can live life with and do life with, that we can stand with in challenging seasons that will stand with us. We can be a blessing to them and them to us. We can pray with one another that Christ-centered community is God's pattern. That's what we find in the book of Acts, which is why life groups are such a high priority for us, which is why we're doing the Young Adults Weekend Away, which is why Student Connect is getting off the ground a week on Tuesday with free pizza. It's so that actually we can can bring ourselves together and connect. It's not about the pizza. It's about Christ-centered community. Can I hear an amen? amen? I know some of you still think it's about the pizza, but you'll get it. We're also passionate about spiritual growth. We believe that God wants to grow us, wants to take us deeper into Him. That It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian in this place. We've always got further to go into God. There's always more we can grasp about him. And so we're passionate about creating environments and forums, discipleship, that we might raise a people that are growing in maturity, that we might all grow in maturity. My, my goal and my desire this year is to grow in maturity, 
to be conformed to the likeness of the Son, to become more and more like Jesus. That's the goal of my earthly life. One day I will see him and I will be like him and I will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. But on this earth, every year I might grow in maturity. We need spiritual growth. We need encounter. We need places where we can draw into the presence of God. It's why we have a number of discipleship forums, numbers of things that we're, we're doing and that we're launching. It's why we're getting our youth leadership program off the ground so that that, that age group, particularly 16s to 18s, have got a chance to grow the new idea of how we can help people at that age. And right across the spectrum of the church, and of course, effective mission, that by the grace of God, we would be those who shine light, that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus, that that some people through the serving of those that are vulnerable through some of our partner ministries would feel the love of the Father before any words are ever spoken. I think it was Francis Assisi said, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I don't necessarily hold to that. I think the proclamation of the gospel is also critical, but I get the heart of that. You know, some people, they, they need a touch of compassion. They need help before they're even ready to hear anything. And the two may go hand in hand. That's our vision. That's not changing. But we also believe that there are seasons. You see, you can have a vision, but you can also have a season. If you, if you had a retail business, you could have a vision, for example, to, uh, to become an ethical employer of choice and to plow millions of pounds into the kingdom of God. But your season might be to move your employees from minimum wage to national living wage and to open your third shop. Do you understand? You could be the owner of a football club in the lower leagues and you could have a vision to become a top seven premiership side. But your season might be around breaking even financially and getting into the playoffs. And so for us, there's this grand vision that with other churches, we might bring the kingdom of God to every life and every sphere of society. But earlier in the summer, Esther and I went off site where we went to position ourselves to seek God, to say, Lord, what's the season? What's coming ahead that, that ultimately the prophetic would infuse what we do, that our activities, the thing you see in the, in the bulletin, the things you hear in the notices, is not activity because we're trying to be busy. It's actually things that we're doing in order to advance the vision, but say, Lord, what's the season? What, what are you speaking to us about? The truth was it, it wasn't difficult because the Lord had already started speaking into our hearts. The... It's also true to say that actually I was quite hoping that after the intensity of the last few years, the, the busyness, the push, that actually the Lord would give us a break. That actually the, the season, would, there, are, there are those lovely verses in Scripture aren't there, where it says things like, and then Israel had a season of peace. I was like, Lord, just speak to us. There's that verse where it says in, in Mark 4 that Jesus was asleep in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. I was like, Lord, let, let, that be our, let that be our verse for the year. <laughs> Where it says that an angel came and baked a cake for Elijah. Like, the, oh Lord, would you combine those scriptures? The cushion and the cake. This is our, this is our season. Guess what? That, that's not the word of the Lord. You know, God is too passionate about his children. He's too passionate about lost people. God's heart breaks for those that, that are not yet in the family. And the Lord started speaking to us that in the next season, we've got to go deeper and we've got to reach wider. And this is where we're headed. And I've got to say, I'm super excited about what God is doing. 
you know, Steve came actually to the front just to talk about Winter Night Shelter and said, I, I think that word you brought in the first service, I think it's just been fulfilled in the second service. Like we're at the wall of people. So, I mean, just, just take a look around the room. There's, there's not loads of room. Um, it was only two and a half years ago that we had one service here. And the Lord hasn't finished yet. This is not it. This was not the goal. I don't believe heaven's going, yes, we fill the auditorium twice, right, stop. Who knows that there are thousands of people in our city who don't know Jesus. And we, if our lives have been touched by the gospel, we have a responsibility to make room for more. And so the Lord's speaking to us through Isaiah 54. And if you have a Bible, why don't you turn with me? Many of you will be familiar with these scriptures. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. And it's through this that we get this phrase, which is our season, that it's time to go deeper and it's time to reach wider. Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 4. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. The message version reads uh, as this, sing barren woman who never had a baby. Fill the air with song. You have never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I have this uh, impression that God is wanting to do something that we haven't even yet grasped in us and through us. Not just corporately, but individually. It only ever happens corporately if it happens individually. God wants to enlarge us. He wants to enlarge you. He wants you to expand the sphere of your influence. There are things he wants to do in and through you. There are people, people whose lives he wants to touch in and through you. And you may feel inadequate, but God sees your potential. This is who God is. This is what God does. This is the God who sees the Abraham, father of many, in the Abraham, which just means father. He's the one that sees the Paul in the Saul, that sees the Peter in the Simon. He sees you not as you are now. He sees me not as I am now, but as he created you to be, as he created me to be. This is the God that we serve. And he would speak a word, enlarge the place of your tent. Of course, this also feeds into a special vision offering, which will be part of our journey this year, which will happen in three weeks' time here on what we call our Vision Sunday. I'm so excited about this. This has become part of our year and part of our process. If you're new to church, just, just settle. Just come as you're ready. Come on that Sunday. Just be a part of what God is doing. But for some of us for whom this is home, there's a process we're going to invite all of us to undertake over the next three weeks, which is simply to come before God and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
and to try and find what it is that he's saying to us, which is why these testimonies in the book would be so powerful, and then have the courage to obey and to respond. It's been an amazing journey over the last two years. Two years ago, we did this for the first time. We, we called it Vision 80. Just give me a wave if you were here for Vision 80. Uh, wow, not many, or else some of you are keeping your hands down. The, um, it was amazing. So the story of, of our local church here is that this building was built 2011, and uh, we had a bit of a challenge because at first, like financially, we couldn't actually afford it, and so we had a bit of a problem with the bank that had originally said it would be okay, but then they got nervous, and uh, so we didn't manage to actually get a mortgage on the building for two and a half years until 2014. In fact, when uh, Esther and myself, when we moved here to Coventry to, to lead the church in 2012, I had a meeting with the bank manager just after we'd moved, and he said, do you realize you could lose the building? We may need to foreclose on the loan. But you know, God's hand was on this house. The bank manager who said that to me, he then went off work sick for over a year and nobody looked at our file. I'm not saying the Lord struck him down, but I have no other explanation. <laughs> and meanwhile, God was just watching over this house, was watching over his work. In 2014, by the grace of God, we were able to secure a mortgage, but it had a clause on it that you couldn't make early repayments. Most mortgages work like that for two years. But in 2016, we were aware that the debt we had here, which is 1.8 million pounds, we were paying way too much of what was coming in through tithes and offerings to the paying of the mortgage, and it was hampering us outworking the vision of ministries and mission. And we said, we've got to do something. We started to speak to it like it was a mountain to move. And then we knew we had to do something, so we had a special vision offering, and it was incredible as, as we responded to the voice of God. And as Esther announced last week, we've just been able to take a million pounds as a finished, well, not, we haven't just taken a million, but take another 100,000 pounds, which gets us to a million off that mortgage. And we're under 800,000 for the first time. And why is that important? Because actually, it releases finance into the vision. And this is part of our journey, and it's part of our faith. But you know what? More than that, I believe it's done something in us. It's done something in me. And if it's not done something in you, you've maybe not engaged with it as fully as you might have done. But if you engage with the process, it will do something in you. And that's what the testimonies are about. It's been incredible. Every year as we've, we've come, well, the two years ago and then last year, absolutely Amazing. We're so grateful for what has been able to be released over the last two years, the, the advancements we've been able to take in building the house here and bringing the kingdom, in, in launching ministries, in growing a staff team, in investing in mission, missions, some of the things we've been able to be part of. We would not have been able to do without the response of obedience to God's people. It's been Amazing. I'll say more about that on Tuesday, our finance update evening. And if that slide put you off, it's not that intense. Someone said to me on the front row, is that what it looks like? We're not going to be sitting around on computers. We'll share a bit of vision of what God is doing. It would be great to see you on Tuesday night. You know, we're going to go again in three weeks' time. And you could ask, well, why are we going to go again? Well, hopefully it's obvious to you, but if it isn't, here are five quick thoughts before we really head in to the the bulk of the message. Firstly, we've we got to keep going because we need to finance the vision. The financial health of the church is directly linked to how fast we can accelerate the vision. There are things that God is provoking us to do that simply require funding, require finance, require staffing. You know, Steve Jones coming on board on our staff team 
as our, our missions partnership coordinator, which is really somebody to help mobilize hundreds of us into mission, into Coventry. That was as a result of last year's offering. Because as the mortgage came down, we were able to put more money behind staffing and prioritize this. It's made a difference. We could have put all of that into the, the budget for the year, but actually what happens is we bring the mortgage down, and for the next 20, 25 years, every year, that is cleared. It's out of the way. And we've got to keep financing what God wants to do. We've, we've also got to respond to the urgency of the call. We have a sense God is saying it's time to go deeper. It's time to reach wider. There's some urgency in God. Thirdly, we've got to finish what we started. We started to speak to our mountain to move and to go, not just to come down a little bit. Fourthly, we've got to position ourselves for what's next. You know, many times in my life, I've had to respond to the word of the Lord to do something in a certain season. And then when I've done it, I've been in another place and then the word of the Lord has come. And if I hadn't prepared myself, if I hadn't responded, I would have been ready to do what the now word is at that time. Does that make sense? And I've got a sense that, that it might be in a couple of years' time, if by the grace of God we can clear the mortgage, it might be on the third year the Lord says something to us and we'll say, wow, thank God. Because if we hadn't made that journey, we wouldn't be able to respond and take the next step. And thirdly, it raises the spiritual temperature. This process of coming before God, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, for us, it's been uh, such an incredible journey. You know, we've, the Lord stretched us around the area of giving so much. It's been part of our testimony in our lives. But two years ago, when we came, we felt the Lord speaking to us about putting a, a five-figure sum into Vision 80. We had some money saved up to replace a car, which, which we're still driving by the grace of God. And that went in, and then we paired back our budget, and we put that in. And, and then we, had, we didn't know where the rest was going to come from. It was a journey of faith, and incredibly, God provided in that 12 months. And as we came last year, we came again. We're like, it was a bit where we're like, Lord, we've done this. And then we felt provoked, actually. We were talking about next level 12 months ago, that we actually had to move to the next level. So we made a larger pledge than we'd made the first year. And I've been on my knees more of a finance in the last 12 months than probably for the last 20 years. But by the grace of God, next week we'll pay our final installment. It's been a miracle of walking with God, but it's done something beautiful. And here we are again, and we can look naturally. But at the end of it, saying, Lord, actually, we are your servants. Anything we have comes from you. Lord, ultimately, you can say whatever you want to say to us, and we will respond because our lives are on the altar, and everything in our lives is on the altar. And that process does something in us. And somebody said to me recently, you know, what, what do you think is behind the growth of CLM? And, I, and I, I said this. I said, well, number one, the grace of God. But if I was to say two other things, I'd have to say this to you. The priority of prayer and fasting and the process of our annual vision offering that has brought us corporately again to a place of surrender. It does something incredible in us, and this is part of what you'll see in the stories. But let's turn to the message here, enlarge the place of your tent, going deeper, reaching wider. Because I believe God wants to speak to us, not only corporately, we want to share a bit about the season, but also to some of us individually. You know, the Lord wants to enlarge the place of your tent wants to do something in you and through you. And I'd like us to notice four things here. Number one, I'd like us to notice there's a dimension of faith. The, the word that comes from the prophet is, is to do something before the answer is manifest. Sing, O barren. 
It's the old translation. Sing or bear. It doesn't say sing, pregnant woman, because you were barren, but now your answer has come. It says sing, barren woman. Why? Because God is going to extend you and expand you. But it hasn't happened yet. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Why? For you will spread out to the right and the left. It's, it's saying get ready for what I'm about to do. Prepare yourself. Make room. Our neighbors want to start a family. We're in a semi-detached house. They want to start a family and they've extended their house. Why? Because they want to fill it with kids. They haven't got any kids yet, but they've extended by faith. They've enlarged the place of their tent. Speaking to a couple here at the end of the first service, they've converted their loft because they're about to adopt. They've taken a step because they believe God wants to do something more. And the same has to be true for us, that God would speak a word to enlarge the place of our tent, would maybe start to put some dreams in your heart. Maybe you have a dream to start a business. Maybe you have a, a dream to write a book. Maybe God's put something in you. Maybe you have a dream to serve God in a certain way. And he would put that in you and speak that over you and you would incubate that on the inside. You'd sense that it's there. You'd know that God is doing something and then he's asking you to prepare for that. You know, when I was first a Christian, I was just so excited to be around the things of God. I just went to all the meetings that I could at church. I went to the women's meeting and just, you know, everything that I could just, just wanted to be in the house of God, whatever's going on. Hello, I'm Martin. Um, I was just like, wanted to be in the house of God. And I remember, I particularly just loved it when we had visiting preachers who would come, men of God, women of God, and I wanted to be around that anointing. And I remember asking if I could serve in the green room, because when we, we had visiting preachers in the church where we were, there would be like a, like a guest room or a green room. I said, oh, what could I do refreshments in there? Because I just wanted to be in the room. I just wanted to serve tea and coffee. I thought, you know, if I could carry somebody's bag, if maybe they would speak and I'd catch a bit of their spit, you know, that, that I would just catch the anointing off them. You know, I just want to, I wanted to be in that space. And then God started to stir my own heart that he didn't want me simply, and there's nothing wrong with simply serving tea in that room, but that wasn't what he wanted to do with my life. And I had to dare to believe that God wanted to do something different with my life. And we can find all the reasons why we're not enough. Hello? We can find all the reasons why we're not holy enough, why we're not educated enough, why we're... It doesn't matter. I find it incredible how many reasons nobody ever needed coaching on inferiority. And yet God would come and say, enlarge the place of your 10 and so we have to prepare we have to prepare ourselves on the inside we have to get ready on the inside of our world in the inside of our life there's a dimension of faith you know god might be stirring something and speaking something in you and i encourage you just to position yourself to get ready this is part of what this is about stretch your tent curtains why cuz you're about to need it some of you need to be in a season of preparation to fulfill the call that will come to pass. You might say, well, I can't see how it would come to pass. That's not the issue. How could the barren woman perceive that she was about to become more, more plentiful than the childbearing woman? But God is speaking a word. She's going to do something. He's going to do something. You might see that there's no way how God could fulfill what he's stirring in you. But that's not your business. That's his business. 
but we have to dare to believe a dimension of faith. And it's the same corporately because God is speaking something to us about the next season of influence. And you know, that, there can be that sense of inferiority even corporately. And we find ourselves at the moment being asked to go to meetings, being asked to, to walk through doors we've never walked through as a leadership because God is looking to do something in and through this house. We've had meetings with, with national leaders and bodies. We're meeting with the Message Trust soon to, to look at, strategically look at the Midlands. You know, God loves the Midlands. God's going to do something awesome in the Midlands. The unfashionable Midlands. Can God do anything good here? God delights in unfashionable places. You might think that the Midlands is fashionable. But listen, God has a passion and God has a plan. God has a strategy. God wants to do something. But we find ourselves in the room. Tomorrow, Jonathan and I are going down to Lambeth Palace for a meeting that we've been invited to. I've never been to Lambeth Palace before. You know, we could say, well, we're not worthy to sit at that table. We, we don't know whether we'll have anything to say. We're going to find out about a dream for a, for a mission to reach souls in 2020 that's going to transform the nation. We're going to go down tomorrow to hear about it. And we could say, well, we're not worthy to walk through the door. But the Lord would say, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. And we have to be big enough to respond to the word of the Lord, not to respond to the inferiority we might feel. Because that's not fulfilling what God has got. Secondly, I want us to notice the call to go deeper. In here, the prophet gives a picture of a tent. I don't know if you've ever been camping. Just give me a wave if you've, if you've been camping. I mean, I'm talking proper camping, not glamping, not, not caravanning. Hardcore. Now, has anyone, who's, who camps without, without electric hookup? That's like, like, we're hardcore campers. My wife and my daughter, they love camping. It's been very unfortunate for me. So I've learned how to camp. I'd never been camping till I, I met Esther. Now I've been camping more times than I wish I had been camping. And no doubt we'll go again. Particularly now my daughter's got the bug. But you know when you go camping, there's a, you, have, you, you have your frame. Now I know they've got all wonderful ways of doing it these days and some of it's like pop-up blah. But you know in the old days, it, you'd get a frame and it's a stake. You get your stakes in the ground. And the bigger your tent, the bigger your stakes. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? And the same, the, the language of the message is saying, drive your tent pegs deep because God's going to do something incredible. You know, this is your normal domestic, domestic tent peg. This is what we use when we go camping. But you know if you're putting a marquee up, that's not going to be good enough. Because when it's the wind starts to blow, you need something sturdier. You need something like that. These massive nails that you hammer into the ground and you ratchet up. That says different. But you know, if you want to put up a big top, you need one of these. It's called a ground anchor. They're up to a meter high. You screw them into the ground. Let me tell you, they ain't going anywhere. And I want to say that the more God wants to use you, the deeper you're going to have to go. That if you want to do something incredible with God for your life, you're going to have to allow him to do a deep work in you. Anointing without character is dangerous. You look at the stories of the Bible, of, of, of Joseph, of David, of Moses, the call of God on their lives to do something incredible with their lives. And yet then he takes them through a season of taking them deeper into him. The Psalms, there, a lot of them are written out of David's journey and pain. Why? As he presses into God, as he becomes dependent on God. 
until he can say, one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek. Just my desire for God. He pours out his heart, his passion for God, and God prepares him that he's ready. And then he says, now I can exalt you. Now I can open the door for what I want to do with your life. And the same is true for us as a process. Enlarge the place of your tent. I want to do more with you. But if you're going to go wider, you've got to go deeper as well. And the same is true for us. I remember in my early Years as a Christian having to learn what it meant to go deeper into God, learning how to pray, learning how to pray and fast by myself, learning how to get into the Word, learning how to speak in tongues for lengths of time, to pray with an authority. I had to grow and I have to keep on growing, learn how to nurture the presence of God around my own life, that what I listen to, what comes in will influence what comes out, that I have to nurture those things that actually this is my business. And it's the same for you. I can't do your press-ups for you. I can't go to the gym for you. And I can't mature you. Hello? It's gone very quiet now. You can smile at me. It's all good. Because God wants to do something great with your life. But if you're going to reach wider, if there's influence and impact of your life, is going to be great. You've got to be willing to go deeper into God. Let him be your source and foundation. And, and we have a sense that God is calling us at this time to reach wider. But he's also saying you've got to go deeper. We thank God for how deep we've gone as a church. But the next season is going to require deeper still. We've maybe progressed from a domestic tent peg to a big nail, but it's time for a ground anchor. And we particularly feel God speaking to us about certain areas. Prayer and fasting is one. I want to tell you, we, we prioritize prayer and fasting here. For the last six years, four times a year, uh, either a week or three days of prayer and fasting comes around. It's our priority. And we engage with it as a leadership. We invite all of you to engage with it. And every time we have engaged with a week or time of prayer and fasting, something shifts, something breaks. It's been incredible how God has used that. And yet we have this sense that God is speaking to us. So it's time to go deeper. You've got to go deeper in prayer and fasting. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what God wants to do. So we're looking in the new year of doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. I don't know quite how we're going to help all of us to engage in that. We'll talk about it. We'll try and make it practical. We'll prepare for that. But it's like the Lord said, you want to go wider. We've got to go deeper. We've got to go deeper into the ground here. We've got to pray deeper. We've got to press in deeper. We're going to come up against some strongholds we've not come up against before. And the Lord is victorious over all of them. But there are some keys of the kingdom that we have to engage with in the next season. It's time to go deeper. We have a sense of the Lord asking us to go deeper in intercession and prayer. That everything has got to be prayed over at another level. And we are passionate about prayer. But actually we've got to move things to the next stage. Because if actually the reach of what God's want to, going to want to do here is going to require another level, another dimension of prayerfulness. It's going to require us to continue to, to grow our team so that we can enable leaders to be released who are carrying too much operational weight that at least some of their lives is praying into the ministries that they're leading. That if they're doing hundreds of hours, hundred hours a week of operational stuff, who knows, it's not prayerful enough. 
We may need to reprioritize some things. We'll journey this as a team over the coming months. We also have an excitement and a a belief that God wants us to go deeper in our discipleship. We thank God for the progress we've been able to take. Thank God for Rooted. Thank God for the alignment of discipleship through our ministries. Esther's been working on a discipleship growth track, which we're going to launch in the coming months, so that everyone who comes through the door, no matter how long they've been a Christian, if they're not a Christian, they know what their next step is. And we can continue a journey of discipleship. I'm really excited about it. So some of the things we're getting off the ground in the next season are coming. Of Student Connect and, and so on. Some of the things you're hearing us talk about at the moment. In November, we're, we're going to have, for all of our life groups coming together, we're going to have four nights. Dr. John Andrews is going to come and do four weeks of what's called Digging Deeper. Uh, two sessions a night, eight sessions across four weeks of getting deeper into the Word. Practical tools to help all of us from the youngest to the oldest in that setting, to understand how to go deeper into the Word of God. And at the same time on the pulpit, we're going to do a four or five week series on the Holy Spirit. Because who knows, if we're strong in the Word and we're strong in the Spirit, then God can do something powerful. A discipleship's got to go deeper. Also, it's no accident that Mark Beswick, after a 15 month of trying to move up here from London, and many of you know Mark, one of our worship leaders, is going to be coming and moving, relocating to Coventry in the next two weeks, and is going to be here. We thank God. Something has shifted because it's time, and it's time to go deeper. I believe it's a strategic person that the Lord has brought to us at this time, going to help us to go deeper, particularly in the area of praise and worship. Teacher, working with the kids and with the youth and young adults and and, on all of us to to understand the keys of pushing into the presence of God. Who's excited about that? I'm excited about that. But also God is calling us to reach wider and we have to also notice the charge here to reach wider, the language of the prophet, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, lengthen your cords, spread out because God is going to enlarge us, is going to enlarge you. This is the word of the prophet. I don't know what God wants to do through your life. Maybe to step out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's time, that thing that you've been putting off. Maybe it's time. Maybe the Lord would speak to you even today. Stretch your tent curtains wide. I remember talking to two ladies who had a dream to start a business about five years ago. And they were fearful. They didn't know whether it would work. You know, there's never any guarantees when you step out in faith. This is how it works. It wouldn't be faith if there were guarantees. And I remember talking with them and and they stepped out because they sensed it was time. And I've been so If I can say proud of them, I've had nothing to do with it other than trying to cheer them on. I'm so proud of them. They built this incredible business. They were able to leave their jobs behind that they were doing and and be an employer of many others. But it was to see the journey, to see how they've grown themselves. Not grown, how they themselves have grown in God. They've applied themselves to new skills. Things they didn't know how to do, they've learned how to do. It's been incredible to see the impact and influence that they've had. Maybe you're here as a student. Maybe you're here as a first year and you know, you're not sure, does God want to use you? Let me tell you, God wants to use you. My first year as a university student was one of the most significant in my Christian journey. You know, it was like the blind leading the blind. I'd, I'd only just become a Christian. I didn't know what I was doing other than that God was good. I knew that God healed I didn't know that God didn't heal at that point sometimes. And and I remember we prayed for people. We saw incredible healings. I remember we saw so many people come to faith. 
I was part of a little prayer group. We used to get up and meet before breakfast and pray. And we particularly prayed for opportunities to share our faith. And then all day, because I knew I would be back with my crew the next morning. And they'd ask me, how did you get on yesterday? So I, I mean, if anyone had a pulse, I wanted to share Jesus with them. But you know, it was incredible because we, we saw so many people come to Jesus. I remember the first person I led to the Lord, a guy called Chris, who was on my course, who, who was into the heaviest of heavy metal and dressed in black, had long black hair. You can probably picture him. And I remember seeing him one day. I went, hey, Chris, how you doing? Oh, I'm not good. I know. Well, he, he probably added some colorful language to that, but you get the ideas. I'm not good. And I said, what's up? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, what's the matter? He said, look, I, I'm not sleeping. I can't sleep. And I wanted to say to him, can I pray with you? But I thought, if I say, can I pray with you, he's just going to tell me what to do with that. So I thought, what I'll do, I'll take it to my brothers. And the next morning we met, I said, you know Chris Lenton? I said, we need to pray for him. He can't sleep, and I, I believe God wants to do a breakthrough in his life. And, and so we started to pray for Chris. Later that day, I saw Chris, and I said, hey, Chris, how are you? And he, and he kind of he brightened up, and he said, I'm good. I said, oh, that's good to hear. He said, you'll never guess what happened this morning. He said, he, said, I, he said, I slept all through last night, and I didn't wake up till my alarm. I said, what time was your alarm? He said, 8 o'clock, and we prayed from a quarter to 8. And I was like, that is amazing, Chris. And he was like, what's your problem? I said, look, I've, I've got to confess this is our fault. I said, I'm part of a group of Christians, and we, we prayed for you this morning at quarter to eight, and we prayed that God would help you to pray. I didn't think he'd answer that prayer already, but, and, and I thought Chris would tell me what to do with that, but Chris said, well, thank you, it must have worked. I said, yes, didn't it? <laughs> and, and you know what happened is the next day we had a, a, like a gospel meeting, and I said, Chris, seeing as God's helped you to pray, how about you come to this, this pardon? Oh, what did I say? Oh, help you to sleep. Thank you. It's good someone's listening. Um, the, help you to sleep. I said, you need to come to this meeting. And so, so he came along and somebody preached the gospel. And I'm sitting there and Chris is there and, and he seems okay about it all. And at the end of it, I said, Yo, what did you make of it? He said, I thought it was great. I said, what did you think of the message? He said, it was good. I said, well, what did you think at the end when the guy said, you know, you might want to give your life to Jesus? He said, mm, yeah, it was good. I said, Chris, are you telling me you want to give your life to Jesus right now? And he said, yes, I think I do. And I broke into a sweat because I didn't know what to do next. And I, I remembered when I gave my life to Jesus and I said, okay, I, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to give this a go. I've not done this before, but I think it will work. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I led him in a prayer. And the Holy Spirit came and filled his life. Remember the next morning going to the Christian bookshop and buying him a Bible and I, and I took him a Bible and said, Chris, you've got to read this thing. It's called a Bible. You've got to start here at the book of Matthew. I said, Matthew, don't start at Genesis, start at Matthew. It's about Jesus. I saw him later at dinner and I went into the, in our halls of residence at dinner and I saw him and Chris said, hey, Chris, have you had a chance to, to look at, uh, at the Bible? And, and he said, yeah, yeah, I'm halfway through, what's it called, Luke? And he creamed through Matthew, Mark, and he was halfway through Luke. He'd taken the afternoon off lectures. But to see him grow was the privilege of my life. It was so awesome. And God wants to use many of us in this next season to have that privilege of leading people into Jesus. It's time to reach wider. Specifically for us, we're, we're clear that in the next season we need to reach wider through evangelism. 
to see hundreds of decisions for Christ in the next few years. It's time to step up from where we've been. I'm so excited about this. We're going to be working with all of our ministries to say how ministry specific can we create opportunities to reach wider through evangelism and through the gospel. Youth are already ahead of the curve. Just heard this morning on Friday night, 20 Get his 20 young people responded to the gospel on Friday night here in our youth meeting. How awesome is that? That's worth a round of applause. If we can't get excited about that, he wants us to reach wider through compassion, through some of the ministries that, like Steve's talking about the winter night shelter, food bank, healing on the street, street pastors, good neighbors, hope for justice, Christians against poverty, carriers of hope. There's so many ways and other ways where as, as a partner church, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, roll up our sleeves and touch the vulnerable in our city. It's time to reach wider. We've also got to make room, stretch your tent curtains wide. In the new year, we're going to start a third service, probably going to be an early evening or a late afternoon service. And we're just praying into that. We've just, just decided as elders, we've got to do it, but we're, we're going to pray into this thing's going to be birthed out of prayer. I'm excited, actually, that maybe out of the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting, we launch a service and see what God will do. I believe God wants to reach hundreds of lives. But that's why we need to make room, we need to make room for more people. And particularly those who don't yet know Christ. We're excited about it. And, and fourthly, we know God is calling us to reach wider into a work in Lebanon with Syrian refugees. And some of you were aware earlier in the summer when Esther headed over to Lebanon. Somebody once spoke to me about uh, the idea of a Moses paradigm and a Joshua paradigm. The idea of where Moses says, if you know your Bible, he says, God, unless you're with us, I'm, I'm not going to go. Unless your presence goes, I'm not going to go. And he said, it's like this. Every light is on red unless you get a green. And they said, but the Joshua paradigm is like every, every place where you set your feet, I've given you. It's like every light's a green unless you get a red. And we just had a sense in this season that God was saying, in Coventry, we've got to apply a Joshua paradigm. That anything that opens up for us, we've got to go through that door because this is our city, it's our business. And beyond that, we've got to apply a Moses paradigm in this season that it's not go and do anything. We've got to do what we know God is leading us to do. But here in a work in Lebanon, we know God's hand is on this. We're going to have the chance to partner with a church called True Vine, an incredible work over there, partner with one of the most amazing churches in the world, Casa Eldabara, out of Egypt, that are investing in this work. And by the grace of God, see thousands of Syrian refugees impacted with the glory of Christ. And, and we're going to need to do that as a congregation. It's part of our reaching wide. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what the time frames are going to be. But I know in time, we're going to need to invest money. We need to invest prayer. And we're going to need to send teams. And we've got so many people with different skills can go and make an impact and carry the gospel and see lives impacted as well as carrying the goodness and the care and the grace of God. The charge to reach wider. And finally, Tamsin, why don't you come and join me? The promise of people. See, we notice these things in the scripture. You notice the dimension of faith, single barren. You notice the, the call to go deeper and the charge to reach wider. But also, do you notice the promise of people? It's all about people. It's not about stretch your tent curtains wide so you've got a more spacious tent. It's why? Because I'm bringing people. And you know we can't really understand chapter 54 well, I don't think, unless we understand chapter 53. And if you understand your Bible, if you know Isaiah chapter 53, it's about Jesus. It's the most incredible prophecy of Jesus. 
600 years before Jesus, God the Son came, the Word became flesh and walked among us. But it speaks about the servant of the Lord, the one who suffered, the one who went to the cross. The Bible says, chapter 53, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of suffering, suffering familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one turned to his own way and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. This is the prophecy of the cross and right out the back of the prophecy of the cross, the prophet, the next words are sing, O barren woman. What is this about? It's because the cross is for thousands, millions, billions of people to find a home in Jesus. This was a word to Israel, but it was a word to the early church. As Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead and ascended to the Father. And then it says, and the Lord added daily those who are being saved. Enlarge the place of your tent. The cross is for those that are coming in. The promise is for people. And we believe as we respond to this charge, to this call, to this season, as a church, as we stand together, because it's never about leadership. It's always about the sacrifice of the many, the standing together, the prayers of the people, the body of Christ, that together we can embrace this and do what we need to do in this season. The Lord will help us to go deeper and reach wider and thousands of lives will be impacted. There's a dimension of faith. I can't see where they're coming from. But you know, half of you two years ago, I, I couldn't see you and I didn't know where you were coming from. But as we embrace that season, God has added, God has done something. And the same is going to happen. 